Hello and welcome to Adventures in Academia, the podcast for older than average university students. I'm your host, Christy Bradfield. Today, I'm really excited because I'm going to be talking all things tech. It's one of my favorite things to talk about in relation to studying, and I'll have a few episodes devoted to tech in the future, I'm sure. When I talk to people heading back to university or heading to university for the first time, I'm often asked questions about technology. What programs to use, what websites to visit, how to submit assignments, how to find journal articles, how to reference articles. I know that there are lots of things to discover when you're starting out, and the tech side of things can seem overwhelming, but I promise you, things do become easier as you go along. So today I'm sharing my setup with you. Now this comes with a big caveat. It's taken me years to figure out a system that works for me. When I started uni, I did all of my notes by hand, which took me forever. I struggled to keep up with my studying and my reading due to the time suck that was handwriting notes. This frustration led me to explore different workflow options to optimize my time and increase my productivity. I watched a lot of YouTube videos about academic workflows. I've used every note-taking program out there. I've used dictation software. I've used handwriting recognition technology. If you can think of it, I've tried it. My system was born out of a lot of trial and error. And while you may find some new ideas from this podcast, and I hope you do, I can't stress enough that your system and what you use will be something that you develop and you continue to tweak over the years that you study. The tech that we use and the tech that becomes a part of our process is a really individual thing. Technology isn't something to be scared of. Technology and tools can withstand pretty much anything, and making mistakes and learning how to use tech is a part of the way that we study now. Be open to learning, and you'll be fine. So let's start with the foundation of my tech. I'm an Apple fan, and I have been for decades. I got my first Apple laptop in the mid-90s, and I've been obsessed ever since. I have a 27-inch iMac as my main desktop. It's about five years old now, but it's still working fine. I have an iPad Pro, and I have a MacBook Air. All of my Apple products work seamlessly with each other, which I love. I do the majority of my uni work on my iMac. It has everything I need to watch lectures, make notes, write assignments, attend online video meetings, and do my research. I use my iPad to read research articles when I'm away from my desk using Zotero, which I'll chat about later. I also use my iPad to create mind maps or to take handwritten notes while reading or watching lectures. I do this using an Apple Pencil and an app called GoodNotes. My MacBook Air is my on-campus computer. It's pretty light and it fits into my backpack. It's fast and it holds everything that I need while I'm out and about. The iPad and MacBook Air were purchased with an Apple educational discount, making them a little bit cheaper. I use Notion to store all of my course information and general notes. Notion is my second brain, which may sound weird, but it's really true. Everything related to my studies, from my current units of study to archived units, 
ideas about honours research, reading lists, uh, interesting articles and bookmarks and potential scholarships is stored in Notion. So here's how I use it. At the start of every semester, I create a database containing all of the units that I'm studying. I break down each unit week by week and add in the lecture focus and any required reading. This information is supplied to us on our university's Canvas site, but your university may use something different. I download chapters or journal articles ahead of time and I pop those into the database. I add all of my assignments and when they're due and add reminders if I need it. As I listen to each week's lecture, I create notes in that week's lecture focus page. I link files and add bookmarks to sites that I use to help me understand the content better. And by the end of the semester, this one Notion database, my master schedule, contains all the work I've done that semester. I've been using Notion since 2020, and I can easily search through all of my notes from all of my units, and I can quickly find the information that I need. It took me a few years of going through other products like OneNote, Evernote, and GoodNotes to find a program that stores everything. I can't recommend Notion highly enough. It's absolutely changed the way that I approach my study. It has saved me so much time, and I suggest you try it if you're looking for a tool to help you organize your academic life. If you're interested in trying Notion, check out the show notes. So let's move on to writing assignments. In psychology and criminology, I have written a lot of essays, lab reports, and research reports. I love any kind of written assignment, and I've improved at them over time. Early in my studies, a marker told me that I had to remove all the emotion from my work, which was really confusing for me at the time. As a freelance writer, my work was riddled with emotion. I relied on emotive language to set a scene or to make a point or convey a feeling, but you don't do that in academic writing. You remove emotion and you replace it with research, with facts. And I've come to love that. I use Microsoft Word to write my assignments. Many universities have access to Microsoft's Office 365. Some of them, like mine, offer Office 365 to students for free. So check with your university to see if you can get offers for free too. When I save my assignments for submission, I save them in a .docx format. Again, super easy to do. When you're writing assignments, keep in mind that you'll likely have very strict formatting requirements. As a psychology and criminology student, I must format everything to APA 7 standards. I recommend bookmarking the APA Style website, which is apastyle.apa.org, because it has all of the information that you need about formatting essays, lab reports, and professional papers. If you're in a discipline that uses APA 7, you can also purchase the APA Publication Manual. You'll use it often, I promise you, so it's well worth the investment. As we're talking about APA 7, I might as well mention referencing here. Referencing is one of those things that can be really difficult to get the hang of. As we often reference the work of other scholars in our assignments, we need to cite them correctly. 
Referencing took a while for me to understand, and it's also an area where people lose easy marks in assignments. I used to do all of my referencing manually, and it used to take me a really long time. I've tried all the big reference managers, so EndNote, Mendeley, and Zotero, and I can say wholeheartedly that for me, Zotero is the best and easiest to work with. Zotero works really well with Word. It has a convenient iPad app and it even lets you annotate sources and export your notes within the program. I've consistently found Zotero's generated citations to be accurate, although I always double check my referencing before submitting an assignment just in case. When I finished drafting my assignment, I used Grammarly to double check my grammar and look for any spelling mistakes. I've been using Grammarly for years and it gives me extra comfort knowing that my work is as polished as possible. You can use Grammarly on the web or via the desktop app. Grammarly has free accounts, but I have a premium account with extra features. While Grammarly won't write your text for you, it can assist you in improving your writing. So let's talk about AI. You've probably heard about artificial intelligence or AI recently. There's been a lot of talk about ChatGPT, for example. I use AI, but I want to be super clear about this. I would not use AI to help me write an assignment. Every university has different policies about the use of AI in academic work. As technology progresses and AI checkers become more sophisticated, it's likely that if you use AI to produce any accessible work, you will be penalized. Some universities are already doing this. One of the most important skills you'll learn as you go through your degree is how to research, write, and edit your work. Using AI to do this work for you doesn't give you the foundation you need to continue learning. Also remember that generative AI models, the models that we have now, are not 100% accurate, which means you can't rely on AI to generate factually correct text. So with this in mind, how do I use AI in my studies? Well, I think primarily I use AI to save me some time. For example, I use AI to create multiple choice questions and answers based on my lecture notes, chapter notes, and exported highlights that I've made in Zotero. I feed this information in and I ask uh, ChatGPT to create 20 multiple choice questions and answers based on the supplied text. It takes ChatGPT less than 20 seconds to do something that would take me hours. I make sure to check every question and every answer because, as I've said, ChatGPT doesn't always get it right. Out of 20 questions, it may get one or two answers wrong, so I read everything carefully. Another way that I use AI is to create summaries from my notes. Summaries help when I need to do uh, literature reviews, for example. I have a big database in Notion where I store all of the journal articles and book chapters I read for each unit or just for general research. I use Notion AI to create summaries, which again saves me a lot of time. I also use sites like ResearchRabbit, Elicit, and SciSpace. I'll give you a brief rundown of each of these sites. ResearchRabbit is a site that's helped me to find research. It's a citation mapping tool, meaning... It takes a seed article, so essentially an article that's your starting point, 
and then it finds other articles that are related to it. It has a handy visualization tool so you can see other related articles connected to your seed article and you can add these related works to your library pretty quickly and easily. I love ResearchRabbit for the visual aspect. I tend to gravitate more towards visual representations of data and it's super easy to use. Elicit is another AI research tool. With Elicit, you pose a research question. So you ask a research question and it finds relevant research articles. While ResearchRabbit only uses citation mapping to find these connections, Elicit uses citation mapping and semantic similarity, which means it finds papers related to your question even if they don't use the same keywords. This is important because we sometimes miss out on finding valuable research because we use the wrong keywords when we're searching. And finally, I use SciSpace when I'm having trouble understanding what a journal article is saying. And that's a problem that I find I run into quite a bit. You've probably experienced the absolute joy of reading a journal article that is really verbose or super technical, and it can be hard to follow. If it's hard to follow, you can miss important information. SciSpace allows you to highlight the parts that you're having difficulty with and it can explain it. I found SciSpace really useful for getting a better understanding of the articles that I read. Again, a caveat, you need to read the article. Don't fall into the trap of having SciSpace summarize everything for you. You don't learn by taking shortcuts. Read the article first, run it through SciSpace if you're having difficulty understanding things. There's no book review this month because I'm busy doing a lot of reading for the very last assignment of my undergraduate degree. It's really hard to believe that I'm just over a month away from finishing my double major. I've applied for psychology honours next year, so keep your fingers crossed that I get accepted. I'll hopefully get word on that in mid-December. While I don't have a review this month, I am currently reading a really interesting book by Kerry Rawson called The Serial Killer's Daughter. Kerry's dad is Dennis Rader, who is better known as the serial killer BTK. I'm about a quarter of the way through, and so far, it's a fascinating read. So I'll have a review for you in the next podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this the first of many technology-focused episodes on adventures in academia. I've left links to all of the apps that I've discussed today in the show notes, which you can find at adventuresinacademia.com. I would love to hear from you. If you're an older than average student, you can send a voice memo about anything to do with university study to memos at adventuresinacademia.com. And while you're at it, remember to subscribe to the podcast. In the next episode of Adventures in Academia, I'll be talking about overcoming fear as a mature age student and what happens when you push yourself out of your comfort zone. I hope you consider listening in. Until then, happy studying.
Thank you.